it wasn't people talking about, I heard a sales rep, you know, which is always the <laughs> basis of a, dare I say, a furphy. Um, <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me uh, is Matt Kierkegaard and Claire, the boom in the room, Burnett. G'day, Matt. G'day, Claire. Good morning, Pete. Hey, Pete. How you doing? Take your time. In your own time. How am I? <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're all right. I'm glad you asked, Claire. Hey. How, how am I? How, as in, how am I feeling? Yeah, how are you? I'll tell you what, I'm six out of the seven dwarves. I'm not happy. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Dare we ask why? Oh, no, no well, a classic dad joke. It's been a – well, yeah. Uh, now, Matt, you do words with friends, don't you? I do. I'll have to, I'll have to, we'll have to – I don't want to, you know, like get too far out of uh, our bread and butter stuff and, and you know uh, – I don't want to be the Jerry Seinfeld to your George Costanza and, you know, worlds collide. I oh, know that was, no, that was George and his girlfriend, wasn't it? But anyway, um, because Matt and I last night played cards again. So Matt's mm. been, uh, you know, folded into the fold. So How's to speak, he doing? Um, he and is enjoying it very much. And so I don't want to, I don't want to do an invite for words with friends as well. But apropos of your comment, Claire, um, at the moment, the solo challenge is a, is a dad joke um, theme. So there you go. <laughs> Maybe that's what inspired me. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> news, news that has happened this week, just generally, there's just a lot of stuff going on mm. and I've just thought, yeah, how am I? Yeah, I'm not happy. But mm. um, I'm sure some of those issues will be dealt with and aired in a very responsible and mature fashion uh, as we go on through our um, episode. 274, 274 episodes. There you go. Wow. Hey, how are you guys doing? What's 25 weeks from now? Because we're going to be, you know, God, it, it took us forever to get to 200 and we celebrated that with a special event. I wonder if we'll be able to travel by the time the 300th rolls around. We might not. Uh, I, I will be. You guys won't. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's Queensland. 10th no, of guys, December. You guys are still wishing. Sure. Orders. Right. <laughs> 10th of December, 10th, 10th 25 of December. December. That, in fact, that was almost um, exactly two years from the 200th episode in that case because it was December that we did our 200th. So we'll have to start planning because we're not yeah, good at planning and uh, it'll take us 25 weeks to do it. <laughs> uh, apart from that, Pete, good. Yeah, busy week. You know, lot, lot, lots on. Mm. Um, I was off on Monday and Tuesday, though. It was quite nice. They had a holiday. <laughs> oh, so you, you came back after two days off and there was a fair bit of news to cover. Oh, yeah. It hit the fan. I'm never going off. I'm never going off work again. <laughs> uh, listen, shall we get straight into the news? Because there is a fair bit to discuss. Mm. Colonial were praised for their crisis response. An uproar occurred this week after independent bottle shop Black Hearts and Sparrows removed Colonial's beers from its stores following a social media complaint. While the action was limited to a small number of stores, in the current climate, the brewery found itself thrown into a crisis. Anthony McClellan of AMC Media quotes their statement we want you all to know we hear you is pretty spot on in terms of tone it says we're listening which is the best place for them to be at the moment it also addresses both sides of the argument those wanting a change of name and those who believe it's a storm in a beer can 
nice dead gag pun. Like that. Uh, Blackhearts and Sparrows have now been on the receiving end of reprisals against its decision to remove the Colonial beer. Colonial's marketing, uh, communications and marketing manager, Jenna Godley, said we were already going through a process of reviewing our name before the current circumstances were highlighted. Uh, we have an idea of how we want to move forward uh, and we don't want to now make a reactive decision due to public or media focus, which is very mature and um, uh, worthy of praise, as the headline suggests. I want to really congratulate Claire for the article that she wrote. Um, and it was nice to see some of the comments um, applauding it. But, you know, when, when this story broke... Funnily enough, um, I don't think I've ever bought a six-pack of um, Colonial beers in Queensland. Um, I was at my local bottle shop. I sort of thought, I haven't tried those for a while. I know they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I had just sat down to the Colonial Pale Ale when uh, – who was it posted in our Facebook group? I think it was Daniel Massey. Was it? Uh, uh, no, it might have been Daniel Ridd, I think. Daniel Ridd posted, uh, yeah, posted that. And it was, I just thought, but okay. apologies oh, if, it was, if it was one of the others of you. And straight away, <laughs> you, you know what's going to happen. And, you know, we um, uh, had a big chat about it on Tuesday as the, 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 the storm, um, you know, erupted. And, it, you know, it, it, it was a storm. And it, it, it's one of those stories that we didn't want to cover. You know that every man and his dog, every man, woman, and their um, pet are going to um, engage in it, and it did. You know, we, we saw the age, we saw the you know the the, the whole Fairfax press, we saw um, you know the Western Australian, we saw every major newspaper. And when you see that sort of story, and it wasn't strictly speaking a beer story, it was a cultural story that was touching on on, on the beer industry, and we decided not to cover the actual story, because there was nothing that we could add to it that wasn't being covered. Um, you know, you can basically cite the situation, cite the um, uh, complaint, um, talk about the, the the response, and then you're basically sharing Facebook posts from both sides and getting exactly the same comments from Colonial that they were giving to, to everybody. So there wasn't much that we could do. And we sat back and watched just how impressively... Um, Colonial responded to it. And I don't know if you saw the video of Lawrence on uh, that they posted to Facebook and uh, Instagram, but, you know, you, you just sort of saw somebody that was caught in the middle of a problem that there wasn't their own making and was... Uh, this is the impression it gave to me. It was just really doing his best because it was a bit of a shock. And, you know, I just thought everything that they did was really aware of their responsibility, the, the communication, you know, and, and everything. And, uh, you know, Claire spoke to Jenna. Oh, and she was fantastic. Um, I was just really she, impressed she's with She's good her. people, Jenna. Yeah, yeah, she's great. And uh, she was so consistent with her messaging. And she was like, look, we're not going to be moved on this. We're not going to change. We're not going to be, like, like you said in the quote there, Pete, we're not going to react to this immediately um, without thinking everything through well and the way it should be done without this immediate like a really emotional response that everybody had on both sides. Um, and I think that was a really mature and, frankly, textbook way to do to deal with a reputational crisis like this. Um, and we brought back uh, Anthony McClellan, the crisis management PR, because he had a chat to James back in 2017 when Coopers... James Atkinson, that is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when Adventures. That's the one. When uh, Coopers um, did that thing with the Bible Society... Um, and obviously that wasn't dealt with very well and then Colonial would come around and, and do it like this and, you know, it's just how it should be done. They were like, look, this is how we do it. Acknowledge it. 
educate ourselves, educate customers, l- like learn from people, listen to people, um, try and understand every point of view, um, and then we'll go through the process that they were kind of, sounds like they were already in the middle of anyway, um, as a, a change of name. And we even pointed that out, didn't we? They've been changing a lot of their branding to CBC. Well, they, anyway. they, yes, they, they've been so CBCO CB, um, for some time. Yeah, CBC Co. Yeah, CBC Co. CB Co. CB Co. Yeah, that's it. But they've obviously it's something that they're aware of, um, and you know, it, it, and in that sense, it's really unfortunate that this, this you know, well, potentially unfortunate. Um, it looks like they have actually come out of it better um, because of the way they've handled it, and it's really shown their corporate, um, you know, their corporate selves. Yeah, their values um, and what they, yeah. their opinions and what they really want to do with themselves, which is great. And the opposite end of that is that black arts, obviously, they meant well, and then it sort of backfired on and them. And you know, like I, I don't, I really don't want to buy into the issue because, as Colonial acknowledges, there, you know, there really are um, some issues around this, but. Anyone who says that a business that was established 30 years ago that is a multi, multi, you know, multi-million dollar business can just suddenly wake up one day and say, right, we're going to change our name, our branding without a process and a discussion and working out the best way to do it and co- consultation is not living in the real world. And you know, I, I don't think this controversy has really reflected the fact that Colonial has been trying to do the right thing in a world that actually has consequences no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's so fast moving as well, like everyone's opinions, um, just the emotions are running so high mm. that, you know, it's a tricky situation to gauge at the best of times um, and they've done really well. So, yeah, well done to them, I suppose. Yeah, and it certainly does prove that you don't respond to a, a poorly thought out knee-jerk reaction with another <laughs> poorly thought out knee-jerk, knee-jerk reaction. reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I, which I think you know, and kudos to um, CBCO um, for the way they've um, they've handled it all. And just so that we um, hand out properly the social merit points, yet yeah, Daniel Massey was the first one on the fifteenth of June ah. to uh, alert us to it, and then Daniel Reed um, was with the follow up. Excellent. So there we go. So just so that we got to make sure that we uh, we get our, our people in the right, you know. Because the chat room um, is always fantastic in you know, bringing things to our attention that we may not necessarily see. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have eyes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was some really good uh, conversations so, so going where did on. Actually, on that, can I also congratulate the, the um, Facebook group because I spent Monday night watching you know, every beer group. And initially it was only confined to the beer Facebook groups um, because it was sort of in their backyard. Um, and you saw the a whole lot of people shouting it to each other and not listening. Um, and, you know, and hopefully I'm not kidding myself here, but when you look at the way that the issue is being confronted in the Radio Brews News discussion, you know, there were people on both sides of the argument, but there was a lot of sympathy and attempts to understand by most people. And I, actually, I don't think we had to block anybody. We had to... There were a couple of posts that we took down that were just purely inflammatory on Claire's story yesterday, just because they didn't want to discuss the issue but when there were discussions on the Radio Brews news group it was people trying to find understanding even if they didn't uh, agree with each other and you know I, I was really impressed with that so congratulations to everyone in the Facebook group and I'm sure that mm-hmm. reflects most of our listeners. Uh, yes 100% here here. The NTIA welcomes the New South Wales Government Liquor Act so that's the not 
Nighttime Industry Association. Association. Yeah, that's the one. Look at that, right? Yeah, well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcomes the announcement from the New South Wales government regarding the thawing of the liquor freeze in the Sydney CBD. In a statement released today, Michael Rodriguez, chair of the NTIA, said the liquor freeze is one of a number of outdated restrictions still in place from another era. The NTIA has been calling for its removal since the New South Wales government music and arts economy inquiry in back in 2018. Wow. So this is... Um, is this a, a sign of... Uh, sniffing the breeze and saying, you know what, maybe we've been a little bit harsh. Uh, maybe we, the way to get kids to show that they can be more responsible is to give them more responsibility. Yeah, I think so. And I had to look into this because I didn't realise that was even a thing. But it's been eleven years since that got brought in, and I think they've only been they've only allowed like one hundred and ninety two specific licences in that area, and that's crazy for a major city. I think after coronavirus, I don't think it would have happened without COVID. Like. The, the way that the governments are handling it is like we're going to have to be a bit lenient in the near future because this is going to hurt us and it's going to hurt in the long term, long and medium term. Um, so this is a really good decision on everybody's part from the sounds of it. Yeah, and if you, if in, in any situation, if you have, you know, a, a small, let's say 10% group of people who are going to be dickheads no matter what mm-hmm. and the other 90% who say we're going to bring in a law that affects the 90% not the ten percent. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 never going to win. You're never going to achieve what you what you set out to achieve. And I don't think anything changed in terms of you know like if you don't yeah anyway it, it's a long and drawn out thing. But good on the New South Wales government for um for responding. Yeah, that's it. And I think since it got put in, people's drinking habits have been changing, and we aren't as m- much into going out and getting absolutely majorly sloshed these days. <laughs> I don't think people do it like that as much anymore. But as you say, there's still the ten percent that'll do it. Well, that's it. The data does bear out that overall, yes, we are we're drinking less. We're uh, in waiting longer. Mm-hmm. So waiting until we're older, mm-hmm. until we start drinking, um, all those sorts of things. But again, there is always going to be a ten percent at one end that you know you know swears off it, and there's a ten percent at the other end that can't get enough of it, and and you know puts on the dickhead hat every time <laughs> they drink. And but I think we need to yeah, let's let's start looking at the. The middle bit. While we're handing out pats on the back to the New South Wales oh. government, um, <laughs> the we've been weirdly um, nice to them. The IBA has announced that it's received nearly $200,000 in funding from the New South Wales government, marking an unprecedented move by a state government to support the sector. Um, so there's $135,000 contributing to the cost of memberships for the 120 independent breweries in New South Wales and sixty grand going towards BrewCon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that mean we're going to get maybe a, a nicer <laughs> uh, on the floor studio, Matt, at Brucon? No, I don't think that money goes to us. It's going oh. to run uh, Brucon, but so we're in the ironic situation of <laughs> Queensland government that really was the first to sort of loudly, in yeah. very glossy brochure form, craft say we're going to do something yeah, for the yeah. craft brewers. Um, is going to, the Queensland is going to be hosting the conference that is going to be substantially sponsored by the, the New, New South, South Wales government. government. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so and uh, and only Queensland brewers will be allowed in. <laughs> no, the borders, the borders, the, the then, borders will be open. We'll by let you then. in. Yeah, we'll we, we let won't you let in. Victorians in. <laughs> we'll all be, we'll be sitting on our we'll all be sitting on our lounge chairs on the other side of the Tweed River, just cracking some colonial beers and laughing at you. <laughs> um, CB Co. Um, we'll have our own party. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah no, anyway, but but yep. no, it, it was really cool. So um, when you look at the money that was, and this is. A, you know, the, the end result of the IBA working closely with the New South Wales government. I, I think every independent brewer in New South Wales is going to have their IBA membership paid for 12 months, which mm-hmm. is a pretty nice thing. A, it's good for the um, 
IBA's uh, numbers um, and it gives everybody, you know, y- your first taste is free and hopefully they'll uh, keep subscribing um, or keep their membership up at the end of that 12 months. And then also, you know, giving money to for further conference that mm-hmm. And the, the IBA has had a you know, pretty tough time with uh, the cancellation of some of their major uh, events as well. So, yeah, no, congratulations and kudos. Yeah, awesome. Government often cops the bagging, but yeah. this is an example of, you know, government not exactly pork barrelling because they're actually providing, you know, some meaningful assistance to What's the New South Wales. barrelling? Pork barrelling, you know, where yeah. you – I don't know where the term comes what from. There's strange. your homework. Yeah, all right, okay. Okay. But basically means when they um, – it's quite a, quite a common term down our way, Claire. Oh, it is, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm everyone. sure there'll be some. You know, <laughs> I learned there'll so be much. Some, there'll be a Yorkshire version. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, there definitely will be. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah, um, I'll research. Our next story, guys keg shortages despite unprecedented logistical exercise. Uh, now, while beer drinkers have been treated to media coverage of truckloads of beer kegs being dispatched to far flung destinations, publicans are still facing the prospect of unfilled beer orders from Australia's largest brewer. Brews News has received multiple reports of publicans unable to secure some CUB lines or being restricted in how much they can order. Um, a spokesperson for CUB acknowledged that the brewery had turned its keg lines um, off in March because pubs and clubs across the country closed and it was taking some time to refill the pipeline, particularly in Western Australia. Um, I have done a, a beerers conversation this week with uh, Bobby, Bobby Henry, who's um the beverage manager for the AVC, the Australian Venue Co., um, and sort of put it to him to to be able to put some flesh on the bones of this, you know, the conspiracy theory or the rumour that, you know, there, there was trouble in paradise with the big guys. Um, and he said, look, to put it really simply, um, they were geared up in terms of their production schedule for we're going to be closed down until August, possibly September. So they based it on that. When all of a sudden, oh, hang on, June, we're, we're doing better than we thought you can open up again. You can't then – so what they've done is they've restricted, I think, the initial orders and their brewing schedule to the top 10 um, product lines. And so that's where I think some of the – so if you were used to getting – he said that, you know, if you were used to getting uh, 50 kegs of two is new, you might struggle. If you want to get your Carlton draft or, you know, your – a good example, um, whatever it might be that's, the you know, one of the top three, you won't have a problem getting that. So hopefully that puts a little bit of uh, – um, clarity on the situation. Have you heard it, anything else, Matt? No, no, and, I, and that's pretty much, you know, when you think of it, I think there are something like 40,000 licensed venues in the country. And as you say, you know, it, initially it looked like we were potentially in for a much longer period than uh, we otherwise would have been. And governments basically changed positions very very quickly um, and you don't just suddenly... And, and they're also more, more likely to, uh, you know, long than short. Yep, yep, absolutely. And so all of those things. And so, you know, some of the conspiracy theories, I think um, initially we had a comment from CUB um, sh- shutting down the discussion, oh, yeah, dismissing the discussion because the question that was put to us absolute was... Absolute nonsense, I think. Quite yeah, it was absolute, wasn't? yeah. And you, you very rarely get that sort of um, answer from the, the big guys because they don't, you know, they don't outwardly lie to you. They spin a story um, or, you know, put the best possible light on a story if there is a negative question that's being asked. But the question that we were asked was that there were, they decided to dismantle and rebuild their canning line or their packaging line or something like that. And, you know, essentially they acted out of stupidity and yeah. that was shut down. Yeah, because um, that was a very specific question that we asked and we could, we 
We should have gone broad. Maybe go broader next time. Well, no, but it, even it, then it, they'd say that was the thing. Yeah, no. and and so and then we did follow them um, because we we did then hear constant. You know, so. The the, the, the the question that was put to us was, there is a shortage of beer because they f***ed up, essentially. Sorry, we Joe bleeped that out if uh, that's going to affect our <laughs> rating. Um, and because people ooh, love to ooh. hate or they love a good conspiracy theory that the big brewers, if something ever happens, it's only out of malice, you know, ignorance, stupidity or, you know, bastardry. Um, <laughs> it's, it's never, well, there are 40,000 people suddenly ordering beer again we can't possibly pump out enough beer for them to all get their order. Um, and so, you know, that's where the conspiracy theory is about. Not, they, enough, not enough trucks in the country, you know, even, not if, even if they had the, the beer country. ready. That's what happens when you don't have a brewery yeah. in the in WA. And, and so that was the thing. So as the story developed, you know, we got more and more reports of venues. And then this was one where it was Western Australia and it, was a, um, it, it wasn't people talking about, I heard a sales rep, you know, um, which is always the... <laughs> basis of a dare I say a furphy um, we, we should start calling you know um, beer industry lies reppies I reckon um, because yeah. they, they always originate with sales reps uh, often I shouldn't say always but they often originate with sales reps standing in bottle shops you know shooting the breeze having a bit of a chat you know and I heard this it. because yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's it's just kind of like a virus carrier, and then they go to the next one, and they, you know, and they, they spread it and they spread it. And, um, <laughs> comparing sales reps to viruses. <laughs> no, but the 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 the, the reppy rumours um, mm, just sort yeah, of spread yeah. in in the same sort of way. And uh, but then we started. We there was a story where a Perth golf club had sent a text to its members saying, "Look, guys, we've got plenty of package beer because beer packaging continued throughout the crisis." But when we've been told that we're not going to get any keg beer for four to six weeks and we're going to try other suppliers, but we're pretty sure it'll be the same. When you've actually got a business communicating with its customers, that goes beyond the rumour. You know, you've got something concrete that you can then go back and sort of say, what's the situation? Again, like it's, you've got the most remote capital um, in Australia, let alone the world, and you've got to get beer a long distance because none of the big guys have breweries there anymore um, either. You've got little creatures, but it is at full capacity for little creatures' own beers. So you know, there's another ex- one in the Margaret Margaret River region that's been in the news recently. Um, it, it, it's a small one. Yeah. Yes, I don't know the one, um, but <laughs> but uh, the big guys don't have breweries over there. And to to me, that's the, the biggest thing that comes out of this. Um, uh, situation is they've all both of them once had significant breweries over there they both closed down and moved their production elsewhere um, saying look no no troubles at all and suddenly um, you know the lot the, the, the lack of a production facility over there is hurting both of them but then of course um, you, you've got the, the 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 next story which actually dovetails um, a, a little bit is lion um, had a huge issue with so, you know, somebody opening a phishing email is apparently what, what happened. Um, it infected the whole story. Then, then out of an abundance of caution or because they had to, they basically closed down all of their IT systems. And with their, you know, if you've ever walked into the control centre of a big brewery, you know that um, they are basically um, computers attached to stainless steel and it's all automated and all controlled. And so they had to shut those down while they sorted out the systems, worked out what had been compromised, and they couldn't get beer out of tanks into kegs because of all of their production lines are computerised. Um, and so Lion, which apparently the 
feedback that we were getting was much better placed to fill the pipeline to to venues um, for for some reason suddenly had this happen and um, you know have had production halts even though they had beer in tank they couldn't get it into keg and package because they had to shut it down and those are only now starting to come back online so uh yeah and in the interest just before we finish off on this particular story um in the interest of clearing up you know rumors and conspiracy theories uh there was also the issue of the uh, inverted commas altered best before dates or used by dates So in response to reports that publicans have been sent beer with extended best before dates, both Line and CB have confirmed that they have released beer that was brewed before the lockdowns but have confidence in the quality of the beer sold. They both put warehoused kegs into cold storage to halt the ageing process to preserve the quality of its beer. Look, and this is one of those things that you look at it, you know, and you sort of think, do we report on this? Because it often can look, um, you know, like clickbaity or, you know, know, hyping a a story where there isn't. Um, We we covered that angle because there was a whole... Again, the rumours spread and, you know, I'd seen photos of people who had taken photos of kegs where there was the ink stamp and then there was a date stamp. There was just a piece of paper with a date um, placed over it, you know, where it had very... It, it wasn't much of a, um, you know, mastermind effort a, a to sticker. try and... Yeah, it, it wasn't doing a real good job of uh, tricking people because one was the uh, ink no. stamp on the keg, the other was a sticker over the date, which is the most <laughs> obvious way of doing it. Um, so it wasn't exactly conspiracy mm. territory, but, you know, people start saying, are they doing it and, and what is the impact and you know both of the um breweries issued almost you know um pretty not not word for word but you know that they, they had the same position you know they know the quality of their beer and one thing you can't criticize the big brewers about is they know their beer they study it intensely they you know they, they've got labs they do taste and quality is everything to them because that is what their brands are built on um and they know it, and they had the beer that was there. They had controlled um, its storage. They knew how it had been looked after, and they made a decision um, that they wouldn't have taken lightly, that this is okay to go. So, yeah, we, we talked about it, and I think I'd also seen um, Heineken in the UK had said something very, very similar. And let's face it, they put yeah. significantly shorter dates on their um, fairly anodyne mainstream lagers um, then craft brewers put on very, very <laughs> hoppy, uh, much more perishable, less, much less quality-controlled uh, beers. So, yeah, cut them some slack, guys. Yeah, Stop. exactly. <laughs> and, and just in future, if you want to protect your in- integrity and perhaps, um, you know, not be exposed to, you know, um, I guess accusations that you, you know, um, bodged up your, your things, you might want to look at a better way of maybe getting um, proper labels. Um, you might want to speak to Rellings <laughs> Labels, stickers and packaging. The team at Rellings will walk you through the various options available to you. They're more sustainable than applying self-adhesive labels, which don't necessarily help the environment at all. Now, whilst they do produce self-adhesive labels for many breweries, there is a much better way to ensure that your carbon footprint is lower than what you are currently doing by utilising pre-sleeved cans. So call Rellings Labels, stickers and packaging 
1300 852 235 to find out more. Long distance charges may apply if calling from Canada. <laughs> yeah, got, got a call it's from the Rellings Canada. guys this week. They'd had an email from uh, somebody in uh, uh, from a brewer uh, in Canada. But yeah, Pete, it was a, uh, an Australian brewing in Canada who listens to the podcast. So I don't know whether he wants us to, he, he would appreciate us giving his name, but uh, reached out to, to the guys to, to sort of query that point about how. Um, you know the, the the shrink wrap sleeves um, are more sustainable than the the, the plastic wrap uh, than the the paper wraps, and it comes down to the backing on the paper that is um, has ceramic um, coating, which is how the stickers come off uh, very very evenly. So that paper can't be. Um, you know, so you're creating more waste um, with that, and then the, the the cans with the plastic on. It's not as if that plastic is coming off the can and choking turtles the way plastic bags do. It you know is integral. It's integral to the can. When the can is recycled, it burns off in exactly the same way as the epoxy inside of the cans is. And so you know you, you're in no worse environmental position in that sense. Is my understanding. So, uh, yeah, so congratulations to the Rallings guys and uh, <laughs> such is our reach. Um, so do it. Do our sources suggest that the caller went away happy with the response he was given? He was satisfied. Was and, uh, yeah, I, I can't speak for I wasn't party to the phone call. Um, I was just, uh, you know, they, they just very kindly said that, yeah, look, we, we got an inquiry from the ad that you guys do uh, from Canada, which was very cool. But Pete, before you move on, because I know you are seamless and you're a professional, just jumping back to the big beer thing, because I thought you were going to say, um, when you seamlessly segued into that, not quite as good as last week, um, which was your, your, your rallying segue. Well, was... I, think I, shall, I think I shall let the Facebook group decide okay. whether or not that is correct. They, they did remark upon it, but um, I, I thought you were actually going to say um, that the whole labelling issue that the big brewers um, was actually a really interesting observation. You know, it was a really interesting case study for communication um, because the brewers had done something. It was easily identified that they'd done that, but then rumours just spread. Like you get Salomon, you know, who don't understand, you know, they just... People who see a best before date, you know, they confuse best before with used by. They think that, you know, I have to drink the beer by this date. It is just purely... We say our beer is at the absolute best. It's not that the day after the 1st of June or the 1st of July, the beer just falls into a heap. We just sort of say that it's at our best time. Yeah, and it's as much, having been a Salomon before, it's as much so that it's easier for you to do your stock rotation to check, okay, which keg needs to go on first, you know. Of course, yeah. It's not actually about the quality of the beer itself. As you say, it's just sort of giving them like a number or a date that they can identify with. Um, But then, you know, if you're not communicating with your clients or saying, look, this is what we've done, this is why we've done it, that's like rumours do just spread. And, and, and you see it when you reach out to, you know, as a journalist, you reach out to, to businesses. There, there's, there's always the fear, what will saying something do? You know, am I worse off saying something because it's going to... Um, but if you're proactively communicating and telling your story, then quite often you can stop um, these rumours from spreading. And th- th- that, that date rumour was just purely one from people sending mates in the beer industry, oh, look, you know, CUB's extending the dates on their kegs because they don't, you know, hopefully it wasn't mischief-making and it was just misunderstanding. But, uh, yeah, so sometimes it is better to sort of get out ahead of the story and um, communicate with your customers just because... Uh, in the absence of information, these things fester. And it's a cautionary tale pointing out to us that some people will always hear hoofbeats and assume zebras. <laughs> ah, yeah. I like that. 
Now, our last story. New Zealand brewers emerged from lockdown with valuable lessons. Nimble thinking driven by the COVID-19 pandemic will remain vital for breweries as New Zealand comes out of lockdown and considers what they have learned from the experience. But the lockdown and the economic crunch proved a blessing in disguise for many as it forced them to invest in IT and rethink all aspects of business. The other lifesaver was the kegs to cases deal. With bars closed, there was no outlet for keg beer for two months. And um, the credit goes to New Zealand Hops boss, and good friend of the program, Doug Donlan, for the idea. Absolutely, yeah. So Brews News has always been Australian Brews News, but we do have a lot of listeners and readers in New Zealand. So we've been you know, looking at the New Zealand experience um, to you know, just sort of wondering how they're coping, given that there's hopefully going to be a bubble opening uh, there soon, although... We'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, before, before, yeah, I'll be able to fly to Auckland before I can fly to Brisbane. Yeah, but and so if there are any New Zealand uh, listeners, you know, please do correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but the, the observations I've heard from a number of New Zealand brewers and New Zealand industry people is small brewers particularly tend to rely a lot more on their, or have always tended to rely a lot more on their packaged product than perhaps Australian brewers who have, um, you know, always tried to at least get some beer in keg. And so when the, the, the close came, there wasn't as big a pivot to packaging, but they were looking at how they get their package to market with um, you know, pubs, and their lockdowns were a little bit more se- severe. Yeah, so online. So they, they embraced online with, with, with big results. Um, and then it's also the insight uh, that, that you know, someone like uh, Luke Nicholas had. Um, we probably should. I don't think we've ever done a podcast with Luke. We probably should get him on um, the, the, the program at some stage. For sure. But... Yeah. Um, you know, looking at, well, I don't want to compete with my best customers with, you know, bottle shops that tend to sell one can, you know, um, of a special release or, you know, a four pack of, a, of my beers. Um, so I'll only sell kegs on, uh, cartons online um, because that way I'm not actually taking away from them and people who just want to grab a four pack of something will still go to them. So it's, it's really interesting to see still the can, learnings yeah. and the feedback loop that these guys are engaging in as they try and, you know, getting um, the, the, the thoughts of their customers um, and, you know, their retail and wholesale customers. So, uh, yeah, nice little story. And also congratulations to Doug Donlan on his appointment to the IBD. Yes. I think the South Pacific region. Uh, yeah, uh, what is it? IBD Asia, Asia Pack. Uh, Asia. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. So, yeah, well done. Can't keep a good man down. Semi-retirement for, for Doug didn't last very long. Obviously, <laughs> baking sourdough bread just didn't have the same attraction as... Uh, I, think he, I think he was one of the sourdough posters on, uh, in, in oh, my social yeah. media feed. Oh, I think was. He does a bit of cooking. I don't think he was a bandwagon jumper, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, and a, a terrific guy. Um, I've had the uh, pleasure of um, of judging with Doug, and um, uh, let's just say it's an experience. You certainly learn a lot um, judging with Doug. Now, Pete Brown. Yeah, I, I'd flagged. Um, I, I got sent the galley proofs of Pete's book just to you know review and um, potentially write about, build up a little bit of hype. Um, and it, it look, it, it's awesome. A lot of Pete's um, books, are, you know, have always been enthusiast consumer folk you know telling the story of beer you know in in a cracking way this one is probably a little bit more inside baseball um you know inside the industry inside the 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 bubble focused really pulling apart what craft means what independence means the origin of those terms the marketing you know pete comes from a background of marketing big beer brands so it's probably the sort of perfect sort of book for our audience which is the 
um, industry uh, person or the prosumer, um, and we've got a lot of beer marketing, beer sales, um, brewing, brewery owners who listen, as well as the people who dream of owning a brewery or just really want to understand the, 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 the brewing industry. And it is a book that you will just love. It will spark lots of pub discussions um, and a lot of despite, uh, debate. And consequently, you know, I think um, we only spoke to Pete recently about it, but now I've seen the book, there are a couple of elements I'd love to throw to him and give a audience the ability to um, in, engage with him. So I just need to work out the technology of how we can do that but yeah we're very much in the next uh, fortnight we'll be looking at having a um a uh, chat with pete that people can actually ask him you know ask him direct questions well don't bring him over yeah, I did. Did you see them brits in new zealand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry that's what i'm saying you know I, I, the, the bubble may stay closed because uh you know because <laughs> we can't behave ourselves well, I, did, yeah, I wonder I if he'll even be able to fly over Brisbane, over Queensland. He might have to go around the long way. Yeah, but virus <laughs> falls. Like um, gravity will sort of drop it on us, Pete. Yeah, I think chemtrails will be next. Hey, listen, um, the other thing I thought was really great from Pete too was um, his uh, uh, Patreon-style uh, um, donation system for the book mm. where if you donated one pound five pound or ten pound you got like different things up to and including um you know getting your name in the i assume it's the the online uh, the, the kindle version I the th- ebook I'm version i'm not sure I, I, I don't know that he's done the printed version yet um but yeah anyway i, I thought it was really good um, a nice yeah. way to get so behind. Yeah, so there we go. So, so uh, keep an eye on either the Australian Brews News website, the Radio Brews News Facebook group, or here at Brews News Week uh, to see further updates and how you can get involved in um, sharing the book with Pete Brown. Now it's time for Mailbag. You can uh, support us in lots of different ways, but um, probably the easiest and the best way to do it is to su- subscribe and leave us a review on the a- Apple Podcast. Uh, platform or your favourite podcasting app. Remember, it doesn't cost you anything except a little bit of your time. Yeah, we keep getting messages, including I think in the mailbag today, from people that you know Spotify doesn't let you leave a review or anything like that. So, um, what I was going to say is that yeah, look, if you are an iTunes listener or if you can navigate the iTunes, the horrific <laughs> iTunes platform, leave us a review. But other ways you can sort of help us out is even if you like a podcast, you know, like this week's uh, Beer is a Conversation with uh, Ali McDonald um, was just wonderful. Even uh, our producer, Joe, you know, she never comments on our podcast, Pete. She never sort of says, oh, you guys were really funny this week. <laughs> she suffers through them, but actually sent me a note just saying how good um, the, the, the conversation with uh, Ali was and how much she enjoyed it. So if, if, if you find yourself listening along, um, you know, in, in the car, in your workout, in the gym, however you listen to it, and you just think, you know, this was a really good podcast, I found it really interesting, maybe give us a shout out on, you know, Instagram or Twitter, um, you know, and just so give other heart. people find it. However, however you do these things, or a like, or whatever the cool kids like, do nowadays, yeah. but, but just you know, help Don't other people find it is, is a great way. way to do it. Yeah, if if you enjoyed it, odds are there'll be some other um, loon that thinks the way you do, and they'll enjoy it as well. We love you. That's loons. right, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, no, nah, excellent. Um, all letter writers will receive a gingerbread from Deblu Bakes, and a you will go into the draw to win a mixed six pack. Thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, who have been long term sponsors of our letter of the week. Uh, letters. Go, Claire. All right. Oh, well, we've obviously had a lot about Colonial this week. So um, 
Our one Ben Smart says, the way Colonial have handled this is amazing. It's not a situation anybody wants, but they've taken it on the chin and continue to work out, as they said, a balanced solution. And yeah, a lot of positivity on that one. Ian McNally says this could provide a great opportunity for CBCO, see CBCO Cotton. If they can listen, understand and adapt, it could be a great platform for the future. And then he went on to say, remember that... Uh, the most prolific colonials <laughs> of all changed their actual family name in response to public sentiment, and it can be done. Are they talking about the royal family? Because uh, they changed it from Battenberg, Goth, and something like that. But that like was because, you know, a whole Sax-Coburg. That's the yeah, one, that yeah, yeah. In the First World War, They didn't want to be associated um, with the lineage <laughs> of mad sausage-eating yeah. Germans. But then again, a whole lot didn't. Like, Resch's was named after Edmund Resch, who was a German mm-hmm. um, brewer, and who was actually interned... In Germany after the war because he moved to Australia and but then when he came back you know they were quietly sort of mm-hmm. I think they were quietly shuffled out so yeah so who's Ian talking about then Ian let us know who you're talking about yeah specifically but, but, but again, there's, a few, there's loads really, really thoughtful comment um, as most of our comments uh, were while we're at it too and I'll just give a quick shout out to Ian McNally over at the Chosen Brew podcast I been sort of been using the time to catch up with a lot of different podcasts that I got a little bit behind on or who hadn't posted content and his one with uh comedian nick kappa i thought was a cracking listen um a really great conversation to to just listen to but i thought really insightful in the way that that, that all of the ones that uh, that ian does the there's a lot that you can learn not necessarily about the person but i guess about people's beer journeys and and the way that the uh the beer community has developed and grown and matured um, in the way in, in in what people choose as their as their six beers and why they why they chose them so um, a really good listen if you get it if you haven't listened to it um, can highly recommend it um, now Matt another uh, glowing review re your oh, um, interview with well um, Matt and French Shaz. Correspondent. yeah oh how nice was this one can I read it Pete Go for it, Claire. Um, thanks to the Radio Brews News team for the interview you did with Matt and Sharon Wilson at Moffat Beach. Uh, was listening along Can intently. I say there's no I in team. It was my interview. <laughs> Sassy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Josh, I appreciate that. I appreciate the nod. I allow him to do all of this. Fannying off to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with Ellie. And we are going to be getting some of Pete's uh, content now that he's out of of the uh, bunker. That'd be good. Um, Just to continue, there was a moment when they described the view down Seaview Terrace. I nearly broke down in tears from homesickness and probably a little FOMO. Ha, ha, ha. Can't wait to be able to grab a beer after a swim. Cheers and keep up the good work. Josh, we miss you then. We should get him back when, because if he's in France, it's going to be a while then. Well, we could always go over there. No. (laughs) Yeah. It's France. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm an army brat, so... (laughs) <laughs> oh, there you go. What cheese eating surrender monkey? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Yes, exactly. So you should be very used to being uh, going where you're told to go. All right. Uh, now from Nick Gottschalk. <laughs> no news to report here. Just wanted to add um, some praise. Great episodes of both Beer as a Conversation and Brews News this week. Really enjoyed hearing the evolving purpose of the IBA and Kylie Lethbridge's baptism of fire <laughs> and the sad loss of the few remaining core range expressions of my favourite beer style. I think it's just four pines left, which has either dropped off in recent times or my palate has moved on, uh, and the Moo Brew Hef. I don't – I haven't seen the four pines Hef for a long time, unless it's available where Nick is. I certainly haven't seen it around um, at all. For a long while. Uh, as always, keep up the great work, and I promise one day I'll work out how to do a five-star review on Spotify. <laughs> Nick, if you're on Twitter, you can help Nick. us out that but way. Thanks for your support. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, look, that's the thing. You know, if, if you 
maybe if you download it from Twitter or that's where you get your um, your alerts that uh, there's a new episode, maybe you could just, you know, retweet or like that. Hard it. You know, something. shout out to the guys from uh, Sunday Sesh who do the beer rankings. We uh, we, we we downed a beer healer last week, which was you, know, <laughs> you never know. It's you know, it, it, every you never know what can happen on it's a funny game Sunday. Beer podcasting. Um, it's a it's a, it's a we're, game we're, of four quarters, and we're just taking it one game at a time. We absolutely one week at a time, absolutely. <laughs> um, but you, you never know because there is a bit of voodoo about the chartable stats. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to see that we uh, came out on top. So it's going to be interesting. There's three, three undefeated, yeah. so it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they go. But anyway, and, and that's all. You know, if you listen to podcasts, rate and review your favourite podcast, whether it's us or whatever, because that does seem to sort of add to the metric, and it does help other people find it. So, at the end of the day, Matt, the proof of the pudding is the pudding. Is the pudding? Yes. Um, but it, it, it's, it's one of those funny things because I remember um, a, ma- a beer magazine that I used to edit that I shan't name, you know, sort of did awards where, you know, it was basically every venue and, you know, everyone wins something. <laughs> so they share the fact that they won this award, which is ultimately about promotion for the business that's hosting the awards as opposed to any celebration of excellence. Um, and uh, you know, I had a chat with, you know, you know no, it doesn't matter. And that's to say he's, to- he's talking about beer and brewer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, just, but it, it, well, no, actually, and, and not to point the finger at anyone because it, it, it's how <clears> most <throat> of those sorts of industry awards work. Um, you know, not IBA, not um, you know AIBA, or those sorts of things, which are actually um, hallmarks of excellence. But a lot of those awards are equally about promotion because if you win the award, you share it and give promotion to the. Um, People that host the awards, um, and I used to sort of ask Bruce, you know, what and it's about it? selling ads for the for the publication, and it's you, about selling yeah. ads for the publication, all of that, all of the stuff that we don't actually do. But you know, when you're suddenly looking, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say, how do we go this week in in the um, uh, you know clashes? So you know, ultimately, yeah, the Australian I'm, Beer Pods Championship. I know, yeah, I know it's a little bit random um, how the results are drawn and things like that. Even though uh, I think it's Steve. Um, does it and it does it very very diligently and spends a lot of time and effort curating them. But because of the way that the uh, way way too much time, Steve. You need another, you need another hobby. <laughs> and and right, another hobby shouldn't be drinking more really really strong um, imperial stouts. <laughs> I watch your social media feed, and I and I don't drive. Oof. Rough. There we go. Now, anything else, guys? What's up for this week? Oh, you know, Felons is open again this week. Yeah, we should go out. And we tomorrow, I've got the mm. voucher. We, I think. It, well, it was actually it was Claire's birthday last <gasps> Sunday, Pete. It was my birthday. So happy it birthday, was. To Claire! I did Thank see you. that pop up, and I did leave myself a note to wish you all the best. Happy birthday! It would have been Thank nicer you. if we'd known last week because we could have done it in advance. But anyway. oh, I don't like to. Well, I did I have like it in my I did have it in my diary, but I'd only set it for one for a one day reminder um, rather than so it didn't just come up on the day. But of course. That was Saturday. <laughs> One so, day too late. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we putting a number on it? How yeah, yeah. Are you I'm 29. Play? I'm now 29. 29. 29, yeah. It's all right, oh, isn't yeah. it? So the big 2010 next year. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you know no. what, though? I'm not as bothered. Girls, girls don't turn 30. Oh, yeah, we do. I don't well, mind. We, shouldn't, we should be proud of ageing. 
It's getting better. Exactly. Particularly when you age exactly. as well as you are. Oh, so, and, and you're putting out the quality that you are. But it's Thank also you. young Sam. You know, June is where it all happens in Bruce News. So yeah, young yeah. Sam, who no one ever hears from on, on the podcast. We should get him on one day. We should. See what he has to say. I'm he'll, intrigued. He'll sit there silently like he does in the office. <laughs> While we're chatting, <laughs> breathe all day. <laughs> um, but so, so happy birthday to Claire. So yeah, um, we'll probably have office drinks that Pete won't Ooh, be able yeah. to join us because... We'll get him on FaceTime often. He, he, yeah, He's Zoom me in, yeah. <laughs> cool. What are you up to, Pete? <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of uh, beers conversations. I'm heading out to uh, Bojack Brewing today, and tomorrow I'm heading down um, probably, well, almost as far as I go on holidays uh, to catch up with Phil Dempster down at Borough Brewing at, uh, at beautiful Currumburra now that I can travel again. So over the next few weeks I'll uh, drip feed listeners some really good chats Fantastic. that I've had. I caught up with Sean Ryan yesterday at, um, at Killer Sprocket. And, oh, cool! Because um, they've just Bobby Henry opened at ABC. Yeah. Nice one. Oh, cool! Oh, that'd be interesting. I mean, I want to hear the yeah. Kills Brocket one. That sounds cool. So that's my week, and then yeah, we're all of a sudden uh, back into school holidays uh, at the end of next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how long have they been back for? Yeah. Like a week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least you won't yeah. have to teach, Pete. Yeah, that's true. Just no, entertain. That's right. oh, I'm thinking of doing a bit of summer school, you know, a bit of holiday program. <laughs> Make up on lost time. Um, just, 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 just to keep my skills up. Oh yeah. I, like, I, I haven't been retired from the teaching profession long, but you know, you, you lose those skills if you don't <laughs> use week. them. So <laughs> anyway, that's a good fifty minutes of uh, quality chat. I hope. Exactly. And look, hopefully it does stimulate the conversation. Uh, as I say, you, everyone, particularly with the CB Co uh, fiasco. Or the, the the news, uh, everyone's got their opinions, and it's great that um, we've been able to host, uh, as Matt said, uh, a forum where uh, a really mature and thought out um, and an exchange of ideas too. Um, you know, um, keep that up. Understanding. Um, I'm sure we haven't heard the end have of it. to mean agreement. That's good. I like that. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. And at the end of the day, we're lucky because regardless of which side of, uh, of a debate or a discussion or a conversation or an argument that you're on, there's always a beer at the end of it. And, uh, you know, what, oh, what yeah. happens on the field stays on the field. Then we all have a beer afterwards in the sheds. <laughs> Just to go with the, uh, the, the sporting, sporting analogy, sporting analogy. <laughs> the uh, Australian beer pods. That's right. Yeah, no, nah, 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 the boys Pete. did well and they uh, come through. Thank no worries. No, thank you very much, Matt. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much to Cry Malt. Thank you to Relling's Local Stickers and Packaging and to Beer Cartel for making all this possible. And thank you to you all for listening and supporting us. We'll see you all again for the next edition of Good Brews Week. Until then, drink fresh, drink local, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.